The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on October 19, 2014, based on 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 through 10. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus is the second lesson today, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. The apostle writes, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak. But you are strong, and our prayer is for your perfection. This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Prove yourself, Paul. Prove that you are such a great apostle. That's what some in Corinth were saying. They weren't saying it to Paul's face. He wasn't in town at the time. But they were challenging his authenticity as an apostle. He might write a strong letter, they said, but in person, he's weak. Why bother listening to what he says? Listen to us instead. That's one of the problems Paul had to address as he wrote to the Christians in Corinth. And that's one of the things he's addressing in the text for today as well. But some more background on Corinth and the situation there will help us understand the flow of thought in the text a little bit better. Corinth itself was a major city of the Roman Empire. It was on a significant east-west trade route located on the southern part of Greece. And it wasn't only the merchandise from the east and the west that passed through Corinth, but also the vices from both was often known for its wickedness. Paul visited Corinth on his second missionary journey around A.D. 51. He started the congregation there and stayed for about a year and a half. The church in Corinth was both a gifted and a troubled congregation. After Paul left, divisions divided the people They they developed in the congregation, breaking that bond of love. Instead of focusing on Christ crucified, many pursued what appeared powerful and wise by the standards of this world. Fellow members would take each other to court, to the, the secular heathen court. 
Some within the congregation boasted of how tolerant they were of an incestuous relationship within the congregation, as well as tolerant of other sexual immorality. There was misunderstandings about marriage, abuse of the Lord's Supper, misuse of spiritual gifts, and false ideas about the resurrection. How distressed Paul felt when news of these troubles reached him. And so he wrote to the Corinthian congregation. He wrote to address those problems, and that letter is what we call 1 Corinthians. A little later, he sent his co-worker Titus on ahead of him to see how things were going. And Titus returned with good news. Things were going well. They were progressing, but there were still some problems. And so Paul writes another letter to address those problems, and that's what we have before us today as 2 Corinthians. And one of those problems that Paul dealt with in this second letter is what I referred to earlier, those that were challenging his apostleship. After Paul had left, others had come in claiming to be some sort of super apostles. They said, why follow Paul? Follow us instead. Listen to our message instead of his. And if they had been preaching Christ crucified, then Paul would not have had to defend his apostleship but they were leading the people away from Jesus. And so in order to keep the people holding on to the truth, the only truth that saves, the truth of Christ crucified that Paul had preached, he defends his apostleship, and he makes several points throughout this letter showing the genuineness and the authenticity of his apostleship. And now, as we come to today's text, he is closing off his letter, and and the text here today brings back to mind for the Corinthians some of the points Paul has already made. And so to, to help us flesh out what Paul's train of thought is here, just allow me to take on the role of the Apostle Paul as if I were talking directly to the Corinthians, as Paul might have. Do you, Corinthians, still question the authenticity of my apostleship? Do you need proof? Look no farther than your own hearts. Look no farther than what has happened inside of you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. For you see, dear Corinthians, the message of Christ crucified, the message Jesus sent me to bring to you, has changed your hearts. You are my proof. You are my letter of authenticity, not written in ink and paper and pen, but written in your hearts, your hearts that believe. For what the Holy Spirit has accomplished in you through the message of Christ crucified, which I preach, is the proof of my apostleship. What is more, dear Corinthians, what is more is I don't care if some will accuse me of being weak in person. Those so-called super apostles, they might think that a real apostle would come with brimstone and fire, laying down the law, cleaning the house, 
displaying his divine authority by driving out the undesirables and maybe even making new rules. But I'd rather much come I'd rather come to you much more with the gentleness of the gospel that has set us free from the law and bound us together in love. That's why I wrote to you what I did. I wrote to you in advance to deal with the problems ahead of time. And I stand by what I wrote. I know it may have caused hurt and pain, but the God has worked through that to bring about godly repentance in you for how I desire to come to you with the joy of the gospel of Christ crucified since you will have already taken care of the problems and I won't have to deal with the impenitence that we have dealt with in the letters I have written. That's my desire, to come to you with that clear gospel. And that's why we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. Since when you do what is right, then I don't have that opportunity to display the divine authority to drive out the wrongdoer. Yet I'd much rather have you be strong in the faith even if that does not give me the opportunity to display my authority as an apostle. I'd rather have you strong in the faith, even if that leaves me looking weak. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I am absent that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. So far, the apostle. Now, our situation today in Hancock is, is not the same as it was in Corinth back then. But we, dear friends, we still do well to take to heart Paul's call to test ourselves and to see that Christ in us changes the way we live our lives. And that brings us to the theme here this morning. Test yourselves and see that Christ is in you. Test yourself. Is Christ in you? If Christ is not in you or me, then we fail the test. For without Christ, we are completely unrighteous. Without Christ, we are full of sin and false in all that we do, for even our best is corrupted by our sinfulness. From the moment we began life, our guilt clung to us. Without Christ, we are helpless, powerless, lost, and damned. Only Jesus changes our condition you see, dear friend, Jesus is your righteousness. He is the righteousness that covers your guilt. Jesus is your ransom that has paid the full price for all of your sins. Jesus is your life who has rescued you from death and damnation. Jesus alone makes all the difference. Believe in him. Keep on believing in him. For as he lives in you and me, 
as that faith lives within us, how that changes us from the inside out. For you see, faith in Christ is not mere words. Faith is not like that second son in the parable Jesus told in the gospel. Faith isn't like that second son who listened to what his father said or heard it and said he'd do what his father asked but didn't actually go out and do it. Faith is living and powerful and active. Faith shows itself in our lives for Christ in you changes the way you live. Test yourself and see that Christ is in you as you do what is good. For you see, as we do what is good out of faith in Christ, that is showing Christ living in us. That's what my prayer for you is. That is what our prayers for each other are, even as the apostle prayed, saying, we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. For you see, as we do what is right and good, that is displaying Christ within us. And when we look at Christ with the eyes of faith, that gives us the strength to do what is good. For because Christ is in us, we know that God is working through all things for our good. He didn't even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not along with him graciously give us all things? So we do not need to resort to doing what is wrong in order to protect ourselves or in order to make it through this world. And when we do what is right, we don't have to worry that others might take advantage of us. Oh, they will still do what they will, but we have God himself watching our back. He, our Heavenly Father, is taking care of us. For look, he has already given Christ and placed him in your heart. Test yourself and see that Christ is in you as you boldly do what is good. Test yourself and see that Christ is in you. See it as you work for the truth. Even as Paul wrote, we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. And you, you know the source of that truth. The Bible. Just as the Corinthians knew that Paul's message was the truth, that message of Christ crucified because of the way that message changed their hearts so that they believed in Jesus as their Savior, so also the Bible has proven its power in your hearts and mine. For the Bible has convicted us of our sin and helplessness and then comforted us with that good news of Jesus Christ and his blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do nothing to undermine this truth. Rather, rather defend it and spread it. For you know the truth because Christ is in you. And finally, test yourself and see that Christ is in you. See it as you build each other up. That's why Paul wrote those letters to the Corinthians, to build them up. That's why we gather together each and every week around God's word as a congregation, to build each other up. 
Now, the world's way of building up a person is is to make them feel empowered and self-reliant. But the way of Christ is weakness and the cross. Remember how Jesus himself was crucified in weakness. But now he lives by the power of God, risen from the dead for your salvation. So build each other up as God's power shines through your weakness. For when we are weak, then we are strong. Strong with the power of God. Strong to pass the test. Strong because Christ is in you. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.